Hey guys, um, I know this is kind of weird, but I'm doing a little test run. Um, yes, it's Saturday and there's a new episode up. I kind of wanted to do a sort of re ch children's reading corner um, where I'd read kids' stories, um, books that I grew up reading, um, just to give the kids a little something that you know might be just for them, that could be used... Um, for the younger audiences, such as elementary school kids, but that adults in the high school, college, and beyond will enjoy. So hopefully things work out well and you guys agree with me. Alright, so for the first installment of the Saturday Reading Corner, not quite sure what I want the name to be yet, but um, for today's episode, I'm going to read a book by John Trent. It's called The Black and White Rainbow, and it was illustrated by Judy Love. This is a book I grew up reading and absolutely loved. Um, and if you ever happen to get a copy of it yourself, you will absolutely love the pictures that go along with it. And it really makes the story come alive. So sit back, relax, if you have the book, read along with me. If not, try and imagine it yourself. And if you do enjoy it, you can go to Amazon and purchase it there. Chapter 1. How it happened. Mooseberry thought it was just about the most perfect summer's day he had ever seen. The kind of pi day picnics were made for, and kites and kids longed for. Warm yellow sunlight filled the forest, showering sparkles on the leaves of the trees. Flowers were bursting with reds and yellows and splashes of blue. The grass seemed like an ocean of green waves tossing in the warm breeze. Yet even on such a delightful day, not everything was perfect in the forest. In fact, in the last month, six of Mooseberry's friends had disappeared. Twelve sock-footed ferrets had been seen sneaking around the forest, and they were suspected of having captured the mice. There were rumors that the cute but misguided ferrets had carried the captured mice away into the forest hideout of an unusually large and unpleasant mole named Monty. So now Mooseberry had started roaming the forest to protect his fellow mice. Although he was small, without a doubt, Mooseberry was one of the bravest mice in the forest. His nose and ears were always on alert, and every time he spotted a hiding ferret, Mooseberry warned the other mice by blowing a large, shiny whistle. The shrill, ear-splattering sound made the ferrets cover their little ears and run away. As that beautiful summer's day came to an end, Mooseberry continued his forest patrol under a golden sunset, making sh sure there was, making sure all the mice were safe and snug in their homes. Yet even that brave mouse and his whistle couldn't chase away the darkness that was coming. For that very night, sometime between lay-me-down prayers and first morning light, something terrible happened. The next morning, every mouse in every mouse house or mouse apartment awoke to a world without a single bit of color. Just imagine a world where every teddy bear's fur is black or white or gray, but never brown where every doll wears a gown as pale as ash or as dark as midnight, but never blue or yellow or pink. 
for a favorite bicycle that was once a shiny green is now a dreary gray. Where the red checked tablecloth in the kitchen looks like a black and white checkerboard. If it had been Christmas, which thankfully it wasn't, all of the lights on the Christmas trees would have twinkled black and white. The whole world had lost its color. Even Terror of Terrors, Saturday morning cartoons were in black and white. Who could imagine something so terrible? The animals forest world stayed salt and peppered gray colored day after day. With sad eyes and sinking spirits, all of the mice missed the blue waters of their river, the orange sunrises and pink sunsets, the songs of their good friends, other good friends, the red-breasted robins, who were now too sad to sing because they had become the black-breasted robins instead. Everyone quickly grew tired of gooey gray peanut butter, strawberry jam that looked like sticky tar, white lemonade, and popsicles that looked the same no matter what flavor they were. But the day it rained, the forest animals discovered something much, much worse. After large gray raindrops fell all morning, the dark clouds finally pulled back in the late afternoon. Just like always, a huge rainbow appeared, almost close enough to touch. Only this time, it wasn't a beautiful rainbow like the ones you've seen. It was a black and white rainbow. At this most tragic sight, the mice stood below the raindrops, the rainbow, and wept. Who took away all our colors, they cried. We want the old rainbow. We want back our beautiful world. With this sensitive heart, Mooseberry missed the rainbow's beautiful colors even more than everyone else. Perhaps that's why, as he walked home that afternoon with his head hanging low, he wasn't thinking of his whistle or the ferrets until it was too late. Behind the trees near Mooseberry's house, twelve ferrets fell upon him. Although he bravely resisted, both Mooseberry and his whistle were soon tied up and carried off, just like his friends before him. The ferrets carried him through the forest to the mole's backwoods hideout. Nearby stood something that caused Mooseberry's heart to skip a beat and made his fur stand on end. It was a giant slingshot, as big as a house. Well, said Monty, who was calmly eating his lunch, if it isn't mouse missile number seven. What do you mean? Mooseberry asked as the ferret strapped him into the stretchy part of the giant slingshot. Where do you think your six friends went? chuckled the mole, who was talking with his mouth full of food. You and your whistle have caused me enough trouble. You're about to take a trip so fast and so far that you'll never find your way back to this forest. Wait, cried Mooseberry as the ferrets began pulling back on the slingshot. Tell me first, was it you? Are you the one who stole the color from our world? Wiping his mouth with a huge napkin, the mole smiled his smirkiest smile. I see you're not only a brave mouse, but a smart one as well. Yes, I stole it all. I absolutely hate light and bright colors. They hurt my eyes. I'm tired of staying inside that dark and damp hole all the time. 
Now I can come out all day long whenever I want. And I can be the king of the forest just as I always wanted. He snarled at Mooseberry. And that's why I need you out of the way just as I got rid of your friends. Monty quickly commanded the forest. The ferrets. Ready. Wait, shouted Mooseberry. Aim. No, Mooseberry cried. Please don't. Fire! With a snap and a zing, Mooseberry was hurled high into the sky. As he flew over the black and white rainbow, he saw the mice down below still weeping together. Quickly he cried out, It was Monty the Mole! Monty stole all the colors! That's all he could say. In the time it takes you to blink your eyes, you might try a blink right now just to see how fast it is, Mooseberry's friends and all the forest disappeared from his sight. Farther and farther he soared until he was out over the open sea. Mooseberry wanted to stay brave, but he shut his eyes tight as he fell towards the cold gray waters. Suddenly, instead of landing with a cold splash, Mooseberry thudded into something softer than your pillow. He had flown right into the sail of a mighty ship. Now he was sliding safely down until he dropped gently onto the deck. Filled with joy at the surprise rescue, Mooseberry gave a loud cheer, a cheer that ended almost as soon as it had started. Someone, or something, was standing over him with a sword. It was a tall, proud creature, and as full color as a rainbow. Color? Mooseberry was seeing so much color it nearly blinded him. He squinted his eyes and watched in amazement as the tall creature touched his sword to his cap and said, I am Captain Chameleon, and I'm glad you're finally here. And so are we, Mooseberry heard several voices say. Rushing across the deck to greet him were his friends, the six mouse missiles that had been launched before him. There were hugs and handshakes all around. But Mooseberry stood in a daze, too astounded to talk. He turned to Captain Chameleon with eyes that begged for an explanation. With a smile, the captain grabbed Mooseberry's shoulders and said, The ruler of all, the great king across the sea, has sent me to rescue you and your friends from drowning. Then he lowered his voice to a whisper. And now we've no time to lose. We're sailing back to where you mouse missiles came from. And you, Mooseberry, will lead your friends in bringing back the color to your world. Me? Mooseberry asked. But how? Chapter 3. The King's Color All of the forest animals would have been more than happy to stay in the great meadow and receive more hugs and helps and pieces of cake, but the shrieks of a whistle stopped all the blessings. Captain Chameleon had blown Mooseberry's whistle, and now he said to them, Whether small or tall, you can all say and serve and share. But these are the three weapons you've used to change this meadow. Now, you've got a forest to fill up with love and light and color. With a shout and a song, Mooseberry and the other mouse missiles led the way out of the meadow and in every direction through the forest. When Mooseberry and his friends came across the ferrets, instead of scolding or chasing them, the forest animals blessed them. 
Good day, said Miss Berry to the ferrets. Did I ever tell you how shiny, what shiny coats of fur you have? Another mouse shared a piece of strawberry cake with a ferret. And a rabbit gave a ferret a warm hug. With all this blessing, the sky became bluer, the sun dazzled with more gold, and the trees all around grew a deeper shade of green. Soon all of the ferrets were swamped with mice, saying and serving and sharing the same kinds of blessings. Not far away, a very surprised mole was squinting his eyes at all this sudden light and brightness. Were those mice he saw running and dancing with the ferrets, tossing brightly colored frisbees to one another, painting watercolors together, and playing a game I see a color you don't see? And could that really be Mooseberry in the middle of all this foolishness? Monty scowled to see the animals blessing one another with saying and serving and sharing as they frolicked under a refreshing mist that sprinkled down from a cottony clouds far above. The mole stormed angrily right out into the middle of celebration, but he wasn't beaten, not by a long shot. He knew something the other animals didn't know. You think you've got the best of me, he shouted, in a voice so loud and smug and superior that all the playing and laughing Laughing instantly stopped. But there will always be one color missing from your world, and it's right here, sewed up in my tight in my vest pocket. You'll never get it back. If you don't believe me, look up at the rainbow. We'll see it's true. Sure enough, up in the sky, a rainbow had appeared with one color missing. And all the joy of seeing so many colors come back, the animals had noticed that purple was nowhere to be found. Not in a flower, a sweater, a hat, or even a pair of shoes. Not even in the rainbow. Monty raised his voice even louder. There is nothing you can do to bring purple back. Nothing. The animals hung their heads in sadness. If the mole had his way purple will be lost forever. At that moment, Captain Chameleon stepped forward and said, Oh, it's true. Purple is gone. Yet there is a way to get it back, though it's not going to be easy. Remember that I told you there were four secret weapons, and so far I've only given you three. There is only one way to bring back the king's color. Only one way to once again enjoy the brightness of purple, and with it to trade light for darkness and blessing for curse. Captain Chameleon whispered something to Mooseberry and the other mouse missiles, and they whispered it into the ears of the, all the other forest animals. What the mole saw next shocked him. All of the forest animals had bowed their heads, and many were on their knees. They were praying. They were asking the great king to give them strength to do something so difficult that they couldn't do it on their own. They asked for the king's strength to forgive the one who had hurt them. Because they asked, the king gave them that power. Mooseberry and the six mouse missiles led the way. They rushed right up to the mole and said, We forgive you, Monty, for hurting us. 
Now we forgive your ferrets, too. Then all of the animals behind them shouted, We forgive you, Mole, and we forgive the ferrets, too. Now Elkenberry steps forward with a gift for Monty. Still squinting from the bright light, the Mole unwrapped the paper and opened the box. It was a huge pair of sunglasses. After putting them on, he opened his eyes as wide as he could. Now the bright light and the colors didn't bother him. He could never have imagined such a wonderful gift which came from those who should have been his enemies, but who instead chose to love him. Behind those sunglasses, Monty's eyes filled with tears. Then, beginning with his big toes and creeping all the way up to the top of his head, all of Monty's colors came back. Monty felt his heart growing larger and larger. Suddenly, the color of the king came bursting out of his vest pocket. Purple light shot straight up into the rainbow. And like a fresh shower in springtime, colors of all kinds rained down on the forest friends. It wasn't long before everyone in the forest said that Monty the Mole was the kindest, most loving forest animal of all. For it's true that those who need blessing the most often become the best at blessing others. And at Christmas time, delivering presents to all the forest children became a snap. That's because Mooseberry, Monty, and all the ferrets used the giant slingshot to shower presents everywhere. Hey guys, Abby back here. I just want to let you know that there is an option of subscribing for my Teaching Tuesdays. If you are wanting to be able to listen to them and have access to them, you are more than welcome to go to my bio and find it there. If you have any problems finding it, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll do my best to get you a link so you can subscribe for my Teaching Tuesdays and get even more information from me and all the information that I have developed and learned as I've been teaching English and anything else that you may need for your classroom or to help you with your own studies. Thanks and continue listening.